0: Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the family drama, The Brinkman Adventures. I'm your host, Eric Schilder.
1: And I'm Sarah Boltman. Have you ever wondered if God used evolution to create the world? Well, that's today's topic. We
0: are really pleased to bring you this episode tonight uh, that we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, it's 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 been a little bit. We've we've had some things going on. <laughs> That's There's right. There's been lots of interesting things happening.
1: We are so glad you're back, Eric. I mean, it's we've been missing you on the podcast, and it's so fun to have you back. Thank it really you. is. So Thank glad you. you're doing well.
0: I'm really I'm really glad to to be back, and I would just say that yes, I, I had a little brief stint in the in the <laughs> hospital. So while I was in the hospital, uh, in walks uh, uh, Sarah and uh, and Shannon. Uh, who plays Susan Brinkman, and they brought me a care package of uh, Tang and Pickles. And uh, if anyone remembers from War of the Raccoon, that was one of Feldspar's uh, things was, was powdered drink mix and, uh, and Pickles. And his invented board game.
1: And you should have seen the looks I got walking into the hospital. <laughs> my basket full of pickles and tang. It was very funny.
0: <laughs> they must have thought maybe this is some new treatment. Uh... And we
1: do have other news. I mean, great news that you're back. And something else happened between last podcast and this one.
0: Why did, Why don't you tell them?
1: So we are so privileged to have been able to be on the Seneca Awards The guys from Audio Theatre Central, they have a podcast. It's called Audio Theatre Central. And they have been reviewing audio dramas for a very long time. So they know a lot of them. And they decided, let's start an award ceremony And really do this thing for real. So last year we won um, the best cover design.
0: For the Dutch Underground, For the Dutch Underground. It was such an
1: honor. And um, this year we won the best short form audio drama of 2018 for the episode Operation Mosul. So if you have not heard that episode, go listen to it. It's an incredible story that really, really... I mean, I think it was the content of the story that nailed. I mean, it was amazing, and of oh, course, yeah. everything else added to it. But it's an incredible story.
0: Oh, I w- I would agree with you 100. percent And I think is it the dot org where you mm-hmm. can see the recording of the awards.
1: You can listen to it. Yep, you can listen to it. Listen to the live first. Awards. We're we're
0: all audio. We're not. <laughs> Sorry. And deal with the video. That's right, and you can see a
1: very handsome picture of Ian on there holding his award. So we were so honored to receive that this year. It was such a blessing and surprise.
0: So lots of exciting things happening, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep going with that. We're actually going to be talking about an episode going all the way back to season two, and the title is the mystery ring. That's right. Why don't you go ahead and roll it, Josh?
2: All right, guys, we're heading out once I finish this coffee. Thank you for letting us stay in your house. Mm -hmm. You are welcome. And Ian, you shall know the truth, and it shall set you free. Do you understand? Yeah, I think so. Ian, why aren't you in the water? Look at those waves. Is something bothering you, son? This... Where'd you get that ring? Let me see it. It's gold. I found it under the tire swing. I was gonna surprise you and buy the curriculum because the ring was worth so much. What? See, I listed it on ePay, only now I think I know who owns it. Huh? But then it closed and I know how much Mom loves her ring. And then Johnny Benty and Billy Graham. What? It's Billy Graham's ring? No, not Billy Graham. Johnny Benty, And I think he lives right here in Galveston. Oh. Hi, uh, my name is Jack Brinkman. Is this John Benty? Well, this might be kind of strange, but did you attend Rockford High School? You did. Uh, did you happen to lose your class ring? Do you remember where you lost it? Where exactly in Random Lake? The tire swing. I, I thought so. Mr. Benty, I have your ring. Yes! Would it be possible
0: to meet with you today? Yes, I'm actually in Galveston. All right, that's great. Uh, having just listened to it again, I now I want to keep hearing the rest of the story. But so basically, the finding of this ring leads off on an epic adventure uh, that goes all all the way down uh, to Mexico, I believe. Uh, in yeah, in well, the end,
1: it's an incredible journey that these guys are on. They're starting to go to Belize in this bus. And then Ian finds this ring.
0: Right. So the the finding of the ring sparks off all these, these kinds of things, which apparently tends to happen. Uh, but however far-fetched that may sound, it's actually based on a true event. That's right. And uh, we are fortunate enough to have with us here the person to whom the events happened. Uh, a little bit different, but it's still uh, an amazing story. And this person should be known to you, Sarah. <laughs> I have actually
1: known this person for every single moment of my life. <laughs> and, that, and that
0: person is, why don't you go ahead and have the honors? Yes,
1: I, would, I am so happy to introduce to you my father, Charles Boltman. Welcome, Dad. We're so glad you're with us.
0: Thank you. We're so glad to have you. Glad to be here.
1: You're calling in all the way from Michigan. Yep. Yeah, and we are in Wisconsin, so the lake is between us, but um, we're grateful we can connect through technology. So, Dad, that story really happened to you. Tell us what went on with that ring. Well, I got a phone
3: call, just like in the audio drama, and a guy said to me, Just your name? And I said, Yeah. And he said, uh, Is your middle initial R? And I said, Yeah. Why? And he said, Did you go to Christian high school? And I said, Yeah, I did. And then he said, "Um, Did you lose your class ring? And I said, Yeah, I did. And uh, he said, Where did you lose it? And I said, Green Lake. And like in the podcast, where? And uh, I said, Well, I was diving off from a raft and I went under the water and came up and had no ring. And that was the end of it. He said, how long ago did you lose it? I said, well, as a matter of fact, this summer, it's 50 years. Wow. So he said, I found it and uh, you can have it. I don't have any money for it, but uh, I'd like you to come and pick it up. Um, And I said, well, you want to just send it to me? It'd be easier. He said, no. he (laughs) says, I do this for fun. And I, I just like, kind of like the people Uh, whose stuff I find, I like to meet those people and and give it to them.
1: You didn't think it was a creepy setup, did you? No, I didn't,
3: because he knew too much, you know.
0: And how far away was he, or were you living in proximity to him at the time.
3: Well yeah, he lives on the south end of Grand Rapids and okay. I'm on the north end. So
0: Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't like you were traveling across the country to No, to, not to Galveston.
3: None of that. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think I met him at his shop. He okay. he had he'd said some kind of a a tooling shop or okay. something and so I went in there we went up to his office and he showed me a bunch of other stuff that he had found and uh, talked about how cool it was to find stuff with his underwater metal detector then he he gave me the ring and we talked a little while and he turned out to be a Christian guy and a, a really uh, friendly guy so it was a fun fun meeting
1: yeah and I think it's interesting because you were at an interesting time in your life and the ministry that you were actually doing And um, this meeting led to something.
3: Well, he told me that um, that he was a Sunday school teacher for the adult Sunday school. And he was teaching a class on uh, parenting. And I had mentioned to him that I had a bunch of kids and that uh, we had developed a series of things on parenting if he was interested. And he said, well, let's talk about it. So we did. And pretty soon we found ourselves um, teaching that class for probably... 10, 12 Sundays. Wow. And then when that got done, um, I mentioned to him that I also taught on creation. And so we discussed that. And pretty soon they had me set up with their youth group. And uh, that met, I think, just after church. So we started out with a pretty small group of youth group. And by the time it was done, uh, the church was pretty much half full after we got done with about 8 or 10 of these different presentations. So it was kind of a fun thing to do and it gave us an opportunity to to teach the truth about Genesis in that church. So it was a cool thing that came about because I lost a ring.
0: <laughs> and at the time you lost the ring you were probably uh, not particularly happy. No. And but then all these years later it was like almost like a seed in the ground that finally that finally grew yeah. and and turned into this opportunity for you to uh, not only lead the class about parenting, uh, but also to teach the youth about creation. And are you still teaching the classes or what what are you doing now with this particular ministry?
3: A number of us started a creation fellowship here in uh, Western Michigan, and they needed somebody to make presentations. So once a month I present there. And uh, I also am doing a church conference coming up this uh, next weekend. And so I'll be doing, looks like six different sessions on how Genesis is really true, and you shouldn't give your Bible up um, because of science. And I don't know if you mentioned it, but I I spent 40 years in a public school teaching earth science and biology and chemistry and things like that.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you know, I understand from Sarah that creation plays a big part in sort of your own personal, Journey. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, well, as a kid, I grew up believing the Bible was true from beginning to end. But by the time I got to high school, I had some questions that I didn't have answers to. And they were not addressing them in the Christian high school that I was going to. So when I went to college, I thought, well, I'm going to Christian college. I, I won't have to worry about this. They'll, they'll deal with it there. Well, they never did. I don't remember bringing the issue up at all of trying to figure out how we defend creation in the face of evolution. Uh, so I graduated from college um, being a theistic evolutionist because that's basically mm. the stuff that they put out there. And uh, I didn't get any refutation of that from any of the profs. So it was just a matter of, okay, I guess that works. <laughs> and a theistic evolution is, is the idea that uh, God used evolution to get everything here. Right. And that way you can believe in God and you can believe in evolution. And I, at that point, just kind of, said, well, I think that'll work. So then I went off to graduate school and got my degree in teaching and just kind of went forward.
0: Basically, it's kind of a cheat that allows you to sleep at night. But I understand from both Ian and Sarah that you're you're a big truth guy. And it's important to you to be able to teach that the Bible is trustworthy. And we we might get into some specifics about that uh, a little bit later. But uh, go on with your story.
3: Well, I... I didn't want to touch the topic. I just, you know, I was raising a family, I was teaching, I was going on field trips with students, and I had this textbook, which is a, of course, evolutionary slanted textbook in public school, and I had to teach out of that thing. I was teaching biology and earth science at the time, and I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and teach what it says about about evolution. I'm not so sure I believe it, Um, and I'm going to try to be a witness for God here. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'll just be faithful to my job. And so for about 15 or 20 years after coming out of college, I just stayed at the theistic evolution position. And then I went to a conference at a college. My wife said, you ought to go to hear these people on evolution and creation because I know it's an issue for you. And I said, I I don't even want to think about it anymore. And she said, no, we ought to go. So we went and we sat in a gymnasium. And we heard uh, Henry Morris and, and uh, Ken Ham and some other guys from ICR. And they told me a couple of things that I had never really been offered in all of my Christian education, which had been from kindergarten all the way up through regular college. And, and that was that there truly was no death on the planet before Adam sinned. And the other thing was that the flood truly was global instead of local, like uh, was implied in all the teaching that I got from the Christian college type people. Mm -hmm. I went back and found some old notes from my anthropology class. Couldn't believe what that guy had taught us. That was 1967. And he said in there the exact notes in my own handwriting, Genesis 1 doesn't say anything about time. Right.
1: Interesting. It <laughs> doesn't say anything about time. No. Wow.
3: Other other than
0: it used the word yum, which is day.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we can yeah. get
0: back into that in a, in a little bit. I, I kind of want to find out how then uh, you proceeded from there.
3: Um, after I heard that, I thought, okay, my compromise uh, isn't going to work because if the flood truly was global and if there wasn't death on the planet before man sinned, there's no way that evolution can develop anything into becoming a man. So that's gone. And the other thing is that means all the layers that I'm looking at out there aren't millions of years old. They're actually the remains of a global flood that took place only about four and a half thousand years ago. So now I had all of my field work that I had done with all these different universities, University of Colorado and Wisconsin and Tech, Michigan Tech, and, and I had to rethink all of that stuff. So it became a journey of trying to unravel what I had been taught that really squared with the world out there and what did not. And this truth guy thing that you mentioned earlier was driving me crazy because I can't teach stuff that I don't believe is correct. As soon as I find in the presentation that I'm doing that somebody has found something wrong with whatever example I'm using, It's gone. I mean, I I don't even want to mess with it anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that kind of thing um, had to be resolved in my head. Now A lot of people don't seem to worry about making all the pieces connect so they believe two things that are really mutually exclusive, but they never get them close enough to each other to figure that out. Right, right. And uh, I'm not one of those people. I try to make it fit. So the implications of of what you believe needs to actually get along with reality. Yeah. And I began to see, wow, the stuff that I was getting in my textbooks, when I went out to the Grand Canyon and looked at it, it wasn't out there. It was different. So it was an interesting journey, and it still is, to uh, reinterpret everything. The evidence is still out there, but the spin that you give it now is completely different.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that always bugs me is this view that, well, creation is anti-science. And, you know, here you are, you're a, you're a science teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've always thought that it was, t- to me, I, I never struggled with that. I, can't, I never struggled with the evolution. It always seemed really um, impossible to me. Mm-hmm. Even even though, you know, going through high school, I had the typical teachers. I took a ancient history class, and, they, you know, I learned all this stuff. And then I remember writing at the bottom of my paper saying, this is the material you taught. However, I do not believe this. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. <laughs> how, do you, how do you come up with burial rites and social structures from, you know, a tooth that you found? Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. it, it just seemed like they were – I could kind of smell – Smell fiction uh, when I <laughs> when I when I heard it, yeah. and so I, I was lucky enough that it it never really got to me that way. And the more I learned why this is the way it is, that it is a huge interest of mine. And now mm-hmm. that we homeschool our kids and stuff, it's it's a nice thing to be able to to teach going from the 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 quantum realm all the way into the biological, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, you know, you you teach these classes. Can you give us uh, a, an idea of this uh, seminar you got coming up? What kind of topics are you going to talk about?
3: Well, since I'm starting in a Sunday morning or the Sunday morning service, I want to focus on Scripture. So I'll start out with uh, one called "Lose G- Lose Genesis Lose Jesus," mm-hmm. and I just do a run through of Genesis one through eleven, and look at what is taught there. And then take a look at all of the New Testament passages that refer back to that as being historical. And so you got Jesus talking about it is, is in the days of Noah, mm-hmm. and you got Peter doing it, and then you got Paul referring back to Adam and Eve. So by the time you look at all of that, you realize that there are only seven authors in the New Testament, and of those seven authors, six of them all refer to right. the passages in Genesis 1 through 11, as being historically true. And that being the case, if that stuff back there, Genesis 1 through 11, is not truly history, then the guys in the New Testament are deluded. And if they're deluded, then what they wrote is not credible. Right. And if it's not credible, now you're stuck with... Uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, before the Bible tells me so. And if the Bible's discredited, you don't know Jesus loves you anymore. Right.
1: So I have a question, Dad. We don't have much time left for this one. But Mm -hmm. um, when you were going through that season of accepting theistic evolution as the way it maybe probably has to be, what was that doing to your faith?
3: Well, it tabled it. What I did is uh, I just basically compartmentalized Instead, I've got a, a biblical thing where I go do church stuff, and I have my science stuff where I go do that stuff, and I don't try to make them fit. I just go forward and try to do the New Testament, and I went to a church like that. They said, we're New Testament believers. We don't have to focus on the Old Testament. So that was cool for me. <laughs> and uh, so I just, I just did that, and I didn't engage it. Like I, I said to mom at the time, I don't want to. I don't want to drag this up again because it's a big headache. I am just not thinking about it anymore. Um, I'm just going to let these two incompatible things bounce around in my head and not try to connect them.
1: I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, because we think, well, it says it all over in schools. It says it in colleges. How can we say anything different? So I think so many people hold those two opposing views and think, well, there's got to be a way they connect. I don't know what the way it is, but... I'll just push pause on that thought because I can't go anywhere with it. That's
3: correct.
0: Yeah. The Bible says that people know the truth, but they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That they they do know the truth, but it the consequences of that truth are for them uh, the same way that that you felt. It kind of bounces around in your head, and what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of stuck with that as well. And I think that for some people, a creation ministry can be a really good entry point into understanding scriptures, understanding the message of salvation, because mm-hmm. the Old Testament points to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And once you start looking at that, you know, from creation on, it's all about Jesus. It, you know, it's it's a really good way to uh, introduce people. And I want to actually talk a lot more in specifics about uh, some of the creation topics that we have. Uh, we're we're out of time for this episode, but I'd like to have you back on the next episode where we actually talk. Uh, let's talk some science.
1: That sounds great. And I am so grateful, Dad, that you're willing to come on and speak with us because – And I think Ian would say the same thing. You've been such a huge pillar in our lives for standing for truth. And um, we were so excited to have you on because this whole episode, the mystery ring is about Josh, this little, you know, Ian and Brinkman and the Brinkmans, but deciding I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to say who this ring really belongs to. And um, so I just thought it was neat that You have been such a pillar of truth for our family. And um, the legacy that you're leaving is powerful for all of us. And I love it that listeners get to know you. Um, Some of the episodes refer to Opa. You know, at one point, Jack calls his dad and he gives advice. In in the episode we're going to talk about in a little bit, Crash Kitchen, um, Aunt Sarah, me, calls my dad. And that's been true. I mean, Dad, you have been such a, a mentor to us and an encouragement to us. So we're just so grateful for you and so grateful to have you on this evening. So
3: thanks for saying that, Sarah. Appreciate it.
0: And uh, we look forward to talking to you on our next podcast. And uh, that's all the time we have. So we're going to wrap it up here. If, uh, if you like this podcast and want to know more about uh, the audio drama, the Brinkman adventures, go over to brinkmanadventures.com you can look at the episodes you can uh you can leave comments you can actually you can get all these podcasts there as well and we'd we'd love it if some people left some comments and and uh yes. i mean do do we have a number of how many People are listening we, roughly?
1: Well, we just had a celebration because we got our 10,000 uh, download of the 10, podcast. 10,000 download. So we're beyond that now. But Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we also want to remind you, leave a review on iTunes. I mean, it's it doesn't take that much time. And, and when you review it and write something, it actually bumps um, the podcast up higher so people can find us. So if you like it, leave a review. Give us five stars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you think. But honestly, we're so grateful for you guys listening in. And um, yeah, blessings. We'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Bye-bye.